Thank you. I, uh, I guess I was somewhere around 14, maybe 15 years of age, and my dad had been teaching me how to, how to shave. Man, y'all, y'all have been there before, guys? Uh, you know, I know the ladies have, you know, y'all have been there, but, I, you know, <clears throat> I, uh, I went to a private school, and one of the things in private school was, was that we couldn't have facial hair. Now, that's kind of strange for high school students not to be able to have facial hair because most of us didn't have facial hair to begin with. But, and, uh, you know, and I shaved, and I had this nice, fresh shave. Uh, no, I'm not shaved now, but, I, you know, so, I, man, I go walking in, and I go into the cafeteria where everybody was at for the morning. It was a private school, so we go in, and, oh, man, everybody was looking at me. I was like, oh, man, I must be looking good this morning, man. I'm like, look at this. Everybody just looking, just, you know, I saw people pointing at me and staring. I was like, oh, man, I'm all this, man. I'm really good. Y'all have been there before, right? Because I hear laughter. Y'all been there? I, you know, so, I, you know, just really good. So, you know, breakfast is over with, and we go off to school. And before we get to the class, I run into the men's bathroom, and I step in there. And, oh, man, it, it was kind of like, you know, I had a, had a little nick right over here. And I had blood all the way down, and it had all came, and it came and stopped right here in the center of my chin, and was just looked like a drip that had dried there. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And I thought I was all that. You know, it's amazing about how God can humble us, isn't it? You know, there's things that we do, and we're like, "Oh man, look at me." And God's like, oh, yeah, they're looking at you all right. <laughs> Whoo, man, that, that was rough. You know, that was bad for a 14-year-old, 15-year-old having to go through something like that. You know, but today God is talking to us and he's going to be talking to us about grace. Now, I don't know about you, but humans and mainly men... We don't do very good with humility, do we? Mm. I, that was too eager of, a, of an agreement over there. You know, not... You know, so, God is talking to us, you know, we have had this problem because we always think it, you know, think that it's about us. I have learned that whenever you do something wrong, everyone is talking about what you did wrong. Right? I've told you all the stories about me being called to the principal's office, right? About, uh, you know, you hear your name come over the loudspeaker and you're like, oh no, I'm caught. Uh, you know, what are they going to get on to me now? It's not, uh, you know, knowing I don't know what it is, it's there's multiple things, uh, you know, so it's like, okay, what is he going to get on to me about now? 
which one of the many did he find out about? God is trying to humble us. History, let's look back at history and, and being humbled. Um, Alexander the Great. You know, he had this vast empire. You know, great kingdom. He was, you know, he was a mighty leader in the war. And what does he do? He conquers all of these kingdoms that's around. And he decides that he is now going to go and conquer other kingdoms. And he stretches his army so vast and so wide that it's destroyed. Napoleon Dynamite, no, no not Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> but Napoleon, <laughs> yeah, Bonaparte. <laughs> what about him? Uh, you know, he had this vast empire, uh, you know, and he decides that he's going to go and he's going to take over, uh, you, know, um, you know, Russia. He gets wiped out. I found it really interesting. Back in 1415, uh, you know, there's this gentleman, uh, you know, and it's Charles D. Albert. Y'all remember him? Anybody history buffs remember Charles D. Albert? Okay, he had this English, uh, you know, so they were fighting, uh, you know, the English. And he had their vast army kind of captured. And all that he had to do was just simply sit where he was with his army and make sure that no food or supplies would come in. And he would be able to starve them to death or at least to be able to have them to surrender. So the English you know, commander decides that what he's going to do is, is he's going to send out his flags of color and they go out in his flags of colors and, and he really, you know, Charles gets really upset at this. So he sends his troops in to destroy him. Well, the problem with it was is that for them to get to where they needed to go to destroy him, they had to walk through a field of miry clay. And his foot soldiers were so slowed down in that miry clay that the English archers picked him off one at a time. And won the victory. Pride. We, we are so arrogant in our ability and what we can accomplish that we lose sight of what it really is and what we are really here and truly here to do and to be. Now, the passage of Scripture this morning is in 1 Peter uh, you know, and it's verse 5, but what I want to do this morning is I want to go all the way back up. I want us to look at verse 1. So First Peter, 
chapter 1. I'm sorry, it's actually 1 Peter chapter 5. But let's go to verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. It says, And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder and a witness to the suffering of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he when his when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder i appeal to you so the first thing that we get here uh, you know before we can get into that key passage the first thing what we get here is we understand that paul or that peter here not paul but peter is writing to the elders of the church so Peter is writing to the church to begin with. So this is Christians that he is writing this to. And the second thing is that he is specifically writing it to the elders. Now there again, he does not say the old people. He says the elders. So this would be anyone that's in here because there is someone that's younger than you unless you're the youngest that's in the church. Uh, and we do have our children in the church with us today, and they are doing awesome. They are being great, and I have something for you at the end of the service, okay? So there's something that you're going to help me with at the end, okay? But that means that you have to stay awake. No napping. No, I'm kidding. So we see that Peter's writing to the elders in the church, uh, and he classifies himself as one of the elders, and then he goes on in, in verse 2, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now, in a couple of weeks, this is kind of a hint Okay, in about three weeks, we will be voting for our new church board. If you have been asked to be nominated to run as a church member, this passage of Scripture is kind of for you because it's saying that you need to do it because it's the work that God has for you. You don't do it grudgingly. You're doing it willingly because God is asking you to help with His church. And to help with the people. Then verse 3. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. But lead them by your, by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending of never glory and honor. The, in the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you serve each other in humility. And I'm going to stop right there because there's another point that we get here because in verse 5, it begins and it talks about, it says, you younger ones, so the younger people, we have to submit 
to the authority or accept the authority of our elders. We have issues with that. And yes, I'm lumping myself in with the younger people. Because unless you are the oldest person that is here, there is someone that is younger than you or older than you that you need to submit to. But let's look at this not as age, but let's look at this as experience. Because there are people within the church that are younger than you, that are more experienced as a Christian than what you are. Therefore, you need to submit to their authority and to the things that they know about Christ. I heard this story, uh, you know, there was this, uh, you know, uh, you know, this man that, uh, that had his own business, and he was an electrician. So he was a master electrician, had been doing electrical work for over 40 years. And his health had started deteriorating, so his wife decided that she was going to help him out. And she took his phone from him in the morning, and she established his schedule so that he wouldn't work himself to death. Well, in this midst, his business continued to grow, so he went out and hired two apprentices. And then whenever he finally you know, was able, and I was able to talk with him, uh, you know, he said, you know, he said, the issues that I'm having is not with too much work. I'm having so much stress because my apprentices are not doing it the way that they're supposed to be doing it. And he is having trouble with them listening to his authority and doing it the way that he knows that it's supposed to be done. Is there anyone in here that does that? Thank you for raising your hand, Terry, because absolutely every person in here should have raised their hand. Because if it's not being a master electrician, we question the master of all. Did you hear it? I, I don't think they heard that. We question the master of all. That should be an amen or an oh me because we're in the midst of doing it. The one that created us, the one that created everything, we question how he does things. It's been done throughout history. People question, why did you send our Savior into a manger? Why did our Savior have to go to the cross? Why do I have to suffer? If I'm a Christian and I'm following you, why don't I have a big house? I, you know, I really like Billy Holston. He did a great job this week. Uh, you know, and he, you know, I don't know if y'all kind of caught this, you know, but he said, you know, I'm living in a shack here on this earth, but I'm going to praise God because I'm going to have a mansion in heaven. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, the mansion that we get, you know, why don't we get our mansion here on earth? <laughs> we actually have the mansion here on earth. It's just that we haven't received it or we don't accept it because it's not the mansion that we want it to be. I have this, 
I have this nice house. You know, I, I want this nice house. You know, it's got this, you know, it's got a high peak roof. You know, it has a wraparound porch. It's got the dormers and stuff up there, you know, so that whenever I put up my Christmas lights, I can have a little, you know, these little, you know, things. And then they have the lights all along the bottom of it. Man, you know, see, that's my mansion here on this earth. I don't have it. I have a one-bedroom apartment that's about 650 square feet. But that's my mansion. Because let me let you know this, okay? I heard the air conditioner kick on yesterday afternoon in that heat. And it ran for about 10 minutes. And that apartment was cool. It stayed at 71 degrees all day long. You know what my electric bill is at the end of the month? About $75, $80. Whoo, what a mansion. Man. <laughs> See, it's the mansion that we have. It just doesn't look like we want it to. But it's a mansion. He has blessed us beyond all measure, but it doesn't look the way that he wants it, that we want it to. Therefore, he hasn't done it. He hasn't given it to me. Oh, man, my dad, my dad was a really, you know, he was a good mechanic. Uh, you know, he was in the Army. He, you know, w worked on tanks. Uh, you know, he had cars, and he always kept them going. I, I, I got none of those genes. I got none of them whatsoever. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I do know how to, you know, change the oil. Uh, that kind of takes me, I, I, this might help you out a little bit. It, it kinda, I laughed at it. Uh, you know, so we're on the way to, uh, you know, to, you know, my dad, uh, you know, whenever he was in the hospital and, uh, you know, Peggy and I are going down the road and we're getting it, you know, I, it, yes, I'm, I'm, I was speeding, okay, but, you know, all of y'all that sit your, you know, set your speedometer to nine miles an hour over the speed limit or 11 miles an hour over the speed limit, if I am four miles an hour over the speed limit, uh, you know, I'm flying, Okay, you know, so whenever I'm going down the interstate and I say that I'm flying, okay, my cruise is set at 74. And I'm like, oh, man, cop, don't get me now. <laughs> but anyway, we're going down the road, and all of a sudden, you know, I started hearing this, this tapping noise. I'm like, that really doesn't sound all that good. And, and then my check engine light came on. I'm like, ooh, that's really not good. I'm like, but I really need to get to the hospital. I got to get there, you know. So finally I pulled off and... Uh, you know, we pulled into this, uh, you know, gas station, and I popped up in the hood, and, uh, you know, I'm walking around to the front of the, you know, I've got it up, and I'm, I'm walking around, and this guy pulls up to the gas station, and he goes, sir, he goes, do you need any help? I'm like, well, you know, i got to check the oil because I heard the tapping noise, and he looked at him, and he goes, do you service your truck? I'm like, well, you know, I, I take it to the shop, and they change the oil. He goes, do you know how to check your oil? I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Him. He takes over. He's underneath the hood. He's pulling out my dipstick. And he's like, oh, there's no oil in this. Yeah, oh, there's no oil in this. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. But, you know, he looked at me. He just looked at me and he said, man, he said, I know you don't know what's going on underneath that hood. He's like, I need to help you out. 
<laughs> oh, man. But God blessed me even in that fact because we walked into the store and they were asking $16.93 for a quart of oil. Now, I didn't have any in my truck. So that meant I needed five of them, but there was only one on the shelf. So he goes out and he walks out to his truck and he pulls out a, a big jug of oil out of the bed of his truck and put that into my truck. And I wanted to pay for it. And he said, oh, no. He said, the cross reaches deep. But see, I'm not a mechanic. But God helps us out in the times whenever we're there. Uh, you know, us young people and us and people in general, we need to make sure that we understand who we are. Now, one of the things about this, whenever Scripture tells us that we need to be humble, doesn't mean that we need to be weak. But what it does mean is it tells us is that we have to make sure that we know who we are and we stay within our bounds. So in other words, if you are a master electrician and someone comes to you, you need to tell them what they need to know. If you are an elder in the church and someone comes to you, you need to tell them what they need to know. But you don't need to do it in the manner that degrades them so that they never come to you again. We are supposed to be humble, but we have issues with being humble. One of the greatest stories of humility, or of pride, I should say, in Scripture, happens in Daniel chapter 4 with King Nebuchadnezzar. We all know about King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Babylonian king that goes in and you know, and captures the Israelites. He takes four Jewish children, you know, or you know, Hebrew, uh, you know, kids or men, uh, you know, away from them. That really sticks out to us in our minds, as as in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? We, you've got all those, those right there. They are really key and big in our mind. Uh, you know, let's think about this because. At this particular point in time, the Babylonian Empire was over 2 million people in the Babylonian Empire. His castle walls was over 280 feet in height. They were 87 feet wide. There could be four chariots abreast on this place. King Ebuchadnezzar and he is the one that stands on the top of his palace. You remember him? And he talks out and he talks about how great and how vast and how mighty his kingdom is. And he has a dream. And Daniel interprets the dream. And he says, this dream of this mighty tree that you see is your kingdom. And he said, but it's going to be cut down. He said, but the thing is, is that you have a chance for this not to happen. If you would only serve God. 
and recognize him for the one that has given you the power. So you see, the dream comes. It's interpreted. It says that your kingdom will be taken away. And for seven years you will be out in the wilderness away from people. Your skin will be covered with rain and with dew. Your fingernails will grow so long that they will be seen as claws. Your hair will be so long that it will look like wings of eagles or feathers on eagles. And then Daniel pleads with him and says, please, please accept God as the ruler of all. Exactly 12 months later, we find King Ebuchadnezzar standing on his castle or on the top, boasting about how great and vast his kingdom is. Before he got the words completely out of his mouth, he hears the words from heaven that your kingdom will be taken away from you. You will eat grass as the ox eat grass. You will be under the rain and the dew for seven years. And then you will announce that I am the God of all of high. And once you recognize that, your kingdom will be returned to you. So for seven years, he was in the wilderness and he ate grass just like the ox. His fingernails grew so long and his hair grew long. Seven years and then he told God and praised God for who he was. And God restored his kingdom. There's plenty of scriptures that we see and that we know where, uh, you know, where God talks about, uh, you know, about pride and how much God hates pride. The last part of verse 5 is a quote from Proverbs chapter, I, I want to say that it's chapter 6. Verse 34, it might be chapter 3, verse 34, that this is taken from. But it says, God oppresses the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God delights in the humble, in being humble in, in front of God. After all, Satan was full of pride, and that was his downfall. That we find in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14. Adam and Eve, pride was their downfall. In Proverbs 16, verse 8, it says, Pride goes before destruction and humility and a humble spirit before, or a haughty spirit before a fall. Why does God hate pride? so much pride keeps us from God keeps us from recognizing who he is 
Pride keeps us from even calling out to God because we can take care of it ourselves. I can do it my own way. I can do it by myself. The creator of all things, we tell him how to take care of us. The creator of all things, we tell him who should be punished and who shouldn't be punished. We tell him how he's supposed to bless us and how he is supposed to curse everyone else. Notice I say everyone else. We even do it to our brothers and sisters. Pride. Pride will not allow the knee to bend. Pride will not allow the heart to ask for forgiveness. Pride. You know, this morning, I think about this in being humble. The thing about it is, is that we feel if we're humble, then we don't know what we're doing. But that's not the case. Whenever we're humble at heart, it truly shows that we know who we are. We have a true and a sober assessment about who we are and where we're supposed to be. There are times in our lives that pride keeps us from doing what God truly needs for us to do. Do you realize that pride will actually destroy relationships with other human beings? Whenever, you, whenever the words, I will never, comes out of your mouth, Watch for God's hand to be at work. God is asking us and he looks at us today and he says, you know, he says there's things that you have tried to do on your own. Are you going to allow pride to stand in your way from having a true relationship with me? There, in this message this morning, is it's like, you know, are you going to allow pride to stand in between you and a relationship of someone else here on this earth? Are you going to allow those words that in the heat of the moment you said, I will never... Stand in the way of truly receiving a blessing. Because if that's where you are, then pride has entered into your life. 
And God does what? God despises the proud. As Robbie and as the praise and worship team comes, the song that Diane sang for us, I want the healer more than I do the healing. Part of that says that when did I take the power away from the creator of this world? I took it away from him whenever I decided that I could do it better than he could do it. Whenever my pride stepped in and said, I know how to do it better than you. He created it. He sustains it. He knows what he's doing. Do we trust him? Do we trust him enough to be able to relinquish our control and allow our pride to step aside as everyone stands and every how every head is bowed every eye is closed We can't allow pride to get in between us and God. We can't let our pride get in between us and other people on this earth. This morning, God gives us this great promise. He says, as you humble yourself before me, I will pour out my grace in your life. I'll give you grace. Do you humble yourself before God Almighty this morning? The altar is open. If there's a earthly relationship that has been hindered by pride, I ask that you bring it to the altar this morning. If there's a relationship in your relationship with God that has been hindered by pride this morning, I ask that you would bring it to the altar and that you would humbly bow before Him and ask Him to work in that place, wherever it would be.
Father, we thank you so much for this day. And God, we thank you for the ones that have made their way to the altar. You know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would meet them where they are. And God, that you would continue to, to guide them and to guide their path and direct them. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would help us, dear Lord, to have humble hearts. 
and to look towards you for all the guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I said I needed all the kids at the end of the service, so if I can have all the children to come to come forward. Miss Ashley has been y'all's teacher for a while, so I know y'all weren't bashful. If any of that grows, you know. So our compassionate ministry has made a blanket for Lou Ann Fight. Um, and some of y'all know, I don't know, I think, uh, you know, but Lou Ann has been uh, diagnosed. She has... Uh, somewhere close, uh, you know, I think the last number that I got was somewhere close to 30 uh, tumors all over her body. Um, uh, you know, so we have made this, uh, you know, for her. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the kids, they're going to be part of this prayer as we pray over this blanket. They're going to stretch it out, and then I'm going to have the adults to come, and they're going to all place their hands on the kids or on the blanket. And then we're going to pray and we're going to fill this blanket with prayers as we pray that God will heal Luann from this cancer. Okay, guys? So y'all going to help me spread it out. Y'all got to grab a corner. I know we have four corners and we have more than four people. But if you don't have a corner, grab somewhere in between there. All right, grab that corner. All right, you got it? All right. Now if I can have all the adults to come and to gather around. bow our heads as we pray dear heavenly father we thank you so much dear lord for this god we thank you for the knowledge that we have god that you will touch us and god that you'll take these prayers dear lord and that you would just simply wrap uh, you know um Luann around with this dear lord that whenever she places this on her body dear lord that she feels your mighty presence oh dear heavenly father i pray god that you would go with her right now and god that you would let her know uh, you know, that there are people that are lifting her up in prayers. And God, that, uh, you know, that she is in your arms, dear Lord, but she's in our hearts and in our thoughts and prayers. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would just simply be with her. And there again, God, we do pray, God, that you would heal her, that you would touch each and every one of those tumors, and God, that you would remove them. God, we know who you are, and we know that you can do that. And God, that's why we call out to you. In Jesus' name, 